Why I don't teach private lessons with a ball hopper. Find your aha moment right after this. Do the best you can with everything you got. Struggle day to day, cherish every fight you fought. Destroy your obstacles, remove the blocks. Got to stand strong, can you do it? Breakthrough, can you move on? Wherever you... Welcome back to Find Your Aha Moment. I'm your host, Brian Lutz of BackhandCity.com. Are you a new or lapsed tennis player who wants to make a comeback from your past tennis life? Well, you've arrived at the right place. Sign up for my 2020 Beginner Tennis Lesson Series on Tuesday evenings in Miami in the heart of Coconut Grove. Each session starts at 7.30 p.m. All you got to do to reserve your spot in class is log on to BackhandCity.com and click on the Tennis Registration link. Whilst today's topic, why I don't teach private lessons with a ball hopper. Well, you could probably include group lessons in there as well. Now, I do have a ball hopper. And for those of you, I know some people who are neophytes in the tennis world. They want to know what a ball hopper is. And basically, it's just a portable basket that carries tennis balls. Uh, the typical term for it is a ball hopper. So I've listed five reasons here that I don't give private tennis lessons with a ball hopper. So this is one-on-one -on -one work that I do with students. And it doesn't matter what level you are, I do not typically use a ball hopper to conduct the lesson. And here are the reasons why. Tip number one, student codependency. If you feed from a ball hopper, players won't move and you as a coach will unconsciously Feed it right where they love it. This is how you become institutionalized. And this goes on everywhere throughout the industry. Because you got to remember, when you take a lesson, your number one goal is to feel good about yourself. And your tennis pro realizes that. So he or she is going to unconsciously groove you and hit the ball right where you love it. And then when you go play a tennis match, it's going to be totally different. You're either playing people who are super competitive, they're trying to make you uncomfortable, or they're just not that good and they can't control the ball, and you're getting all these different trajectories, speeds, angles, and bounces. So my job as a tennis coach is to get you codependent off me and the ball hopper by having a real customized practice so you can work on the situations that you're going to see. And the best way to do that is with three tennis balls. So I typically have three, four tennis balls, and we'll just warm up with these. We'll go through the progressions. And it is really good for getting people to play really good tennis without getting institutionalized. The second reason I do, I do this, and tip number two, is it doesn't cause any red flags. What do I mean by red flags? Well, typically, depending on where you fall under freedom, you're not allowed as a tennis coach to go and teach anywhere you want. Some of these are private clubs. Obviously, you're off limits there. But a lot of public facilities have some Byzantine co uh, laws about who can teach and who can't there. And the ball hopper is a huge red flag. Now, it's up to the municipality to enforce that, which is difficult. But if I go in there without a ball hopper, 
I'm just like you and me. I can talk about whatever I want. I'm just playing some tennis. Whether I'm giving out advice or not and getting compensated really doesn't matter. So that's the other reason I don't like to use a ball hopper. Tip number three, it creates urgency. When I used to teach with a ball hopper in the 90s, you could feed a ball to somebody. This especially happened in the Hamptons when you had all these super wealthy people. And eh, they didn't really feel like trying that hard or maybe they weren't moving that fast. So they're like, eh, he's got another one in that ball hopper. I'm just not going to try that hard for this one. When you just crack open a can of three balls, there's a certain amount of urgency to get it right because you're now motivated. You don't want to have to just pick up the ball after missing so easily. Now you're going to focus and try to listen and keep the ball in play. And tip number four, it creates accountability. This playing tennis is a conversation. I'm responsible for the words that come out of my mouth, and you're the responsible for the words that come out of your mouth. And that is the shot making, right? I'm rallying with you. I'm playing very reasonable. You now have to be accountable to me. And here's the situation that will happen. I'll get this a lot. I'm rallying with the student, and they spray a ball, and I have to go walk for it. They feel terrible, and that's what I want. I want them to really focus and pay attention to what they're doing. Now, it's not to say you can never hit a bad shot, and I'm trying to play some sort of mind game with you. But I want you to get in a state of mindfulness where the workout you're having with me has a sense of accountability and urgency to it. And there's no better way to do that with cracking open three cans of balls. And finally, tip number five, what's really great about this is tennis is one shot at a time. So it gets you laser focused on the ball that's in play. A lot of times when I start out my private lessons, all we're trying to do is hit 20, 30 balls in a row. And to do that, you can only do it one shot at a time. I know it's cliche, but it's very true. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of Find Your Aha Moment. I want you to go into iTunes right now and rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast so you can get notified each day with a fresh episode. This is Brian Lutz of BackhandCity.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.